My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, the story podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 108, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, 1 Samuel 29-31, ending 1 Samuel and Psalm 18. 1 Samuel 29. The Philistines gathered all their forces at Ephek, and Israel camped by the spring as Jezreel. As the Philistines' rulers marched with their units of hundreds and thousands, David and his men were marching at the rear with Ashish. The commanders of the Philistines asked, What about these Hebrews? Ashish replied, Is this not David, who was an officer of Saul, king of Israel? He has already been with me for over a year, and from the day he left Saul until now, I have found no fault in him. But the Philistine commanders were angry with Ashish and said, Send the man back, that he may return to the place you assign him. He must not go with us into battle, or he will turn against us during the fighting. How better could he regain his master's favor than by taking the heads of our own men? Isn't this the David they sang about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. So Ashish called David and said to him, As surely as the Lord lives, you have been reliable, and I would be pleased to have you serve with me in the army. From the day you came to me until today, I have found no fault in you, but the rulers don't approve of you. Now turn back and go in peace. Do nothing to displease the Philistine rulers. But what have I done? asked David. What have you found against your servant from the day I came to you until now? Why can't I go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Ashish answered, I know that you have been as pleasing in my eyes as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the Philistine commanders have said, He must not go up with us into battle. Now get up early along with your master's servants who have come with you, and leave in the morning as soon as it is light. So David and his men got up early in the morning to go back to the land of the Philistines, and the Philistines went up to Jezreel. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Kamal. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered, and you will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. David and the six hundred men with him came to the Bezor Valley, where some stayed behind. Two hundred of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other four hundred continued the pursuit. They found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat. Part of a cake of pressed fig and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. 
David asked him, Who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of the Carathites, some territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag. David asked him, Can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, Swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. He led David down, and there they were, scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of their great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away, except 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, This is David's plunder. Then David came to the two hundred men who had been too exhausted to follow him and who were left behind at the Bezor Valley. They came out to meet David and the men with him. As David and his men approached, he asked them how they were. But all the evil men and troublemakers among David's followers said, Because they did not go out with us, we will not share with them in the plunder we recovered. However, each man may take his wife and children and go. David replied, No, my brothers, you must not do that with what the Lord has given us. He has protected us and delivered into our hands the raiding party that came against us. Who will listen to what you say? The share of the man who stayed with the supplies is to be the same as that of him who went down to the battle. All will share alike. David made this a statute and ordinance for Israel from that day to this. When David reached Ziklag, he sent some of the plunder to the elders of Judah, who were with his friends, saying, Here's a gift for you from the plunder of the Lord's enemies. David sent it to those who were in Bethel, Ramoth, Negev, and Jatir, to those in Aror, Sifmoth, Athomia, and Rachel, to those in the towns of the Jeshmelites and the Kenites, to those in Hormah, Borashan, Atak, and Hebron, and to those in all the other places where he and his men had roamed. Now the Philistines fought against Israel. The Israelites fled before them, and many fell dead on the Mount Gilboa. The Philistines were hot in pursuit of Saul and his sons, and they killed his son, Jonathan, Abimnadad, and Malachishua. The fighting grew fierce around Saul, and when the archers overtook him, they wounded him critically. Saul said to his armor-bearer, "'Draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me.' But his armor-bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When the armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he too fell on his sword and died with him. So Saul and his three sons and his armor-bearer and all his men died together that same day. When the Israelites along the valley and those across the Jordan saw that the Israelite army had fled and that Saul and his sons had died, they abandoned their towns and fled. And the Philistines came and occupied them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the dead, they found Saul and his three sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. They cut off his head and stripped off his armor, and they sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to proclaim the news in the temple of their idols and among their people. They put his armor in the temple of the Asheroths and fastened his body to the wall of Bethshan. When the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their valiant men marched through the night to Bethshan. They took down the bodies of Saul and his sons from the wall of Bethshan and went to Jabesh, where they burned them. Then they took their bones and buried them under a tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted seven days. Psalm 18 
I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valley of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful you show yourself faithful." To the blameless you show yourself blameless, to the pure you show yourself pure, but the devious you show yourself shrewd, you save the humble but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning, my God turns my darkness into light. With your help I can advance against a troop, with my God I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect, the Lord's word is flawless, his shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not take back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with the strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You make my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them to the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as windblown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted by God my Savior. 
He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies, who exalted me above my foes, from a violent man who rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Okay, so this is the end of First Samuel, and I just see this part of this story as sort of summative. We'll sum it up, and we'll make connections to Second Samuel when really it's just one book, but it was long, I guess, so they put it into, but it's about raising up and giving over. So this prophecy is fulfilled. Saul is killed in battle. Dr. Ryan Kelly points out that it's interesting to note that three people are decapitated in 1 Samuel, Goliath, Dagon, and Saul. Ryan Kelly notes that one is a giant Philistine, which seems to echo back to Genesis 6, which talks about the fallen angels, sons of God, or as Dr. Heiser made a case that it may have meant giants who engaged in unnatural unions with human women resulting in the Nephilim, also referred to as the heroes of old or men of renown. Some scholars think Goliath was one of these descendants of these giants and others disagree. It's interesting to read about and reflect on. I've linked some interesting discourse on it in the show notes. The second person or icon decapitated was Dagon, an idol back in 1 Samuel 5. And the third was an Israelite, was King Saul himself. They were all three cut off. And I think there's something in that to think about. It's like foreign gods. It's, you know, the adversary itself, and even children of God that have self-elected or chosen to go their own direction. And then First and Second Samuel are really, as I mentioned, the same or a connected story that's tied together. It started with Hannah's song. If you remember, that's Samuel's mother. Then in the second Samuel, we'll start with David's song. And Dr. Ryan Kelly points out, so look for this in, in our next session, there's similarity where Hannah's song is in the future tense and David's song is going to be in the past tense. And Dr. Ryan Kelly describes First and Second Samuel as bookends, where the main themes are God defeating his enemy, God being a rock, God being salvation, God thundering, and God using his anointed to do so. Dr. Ryan Kelly describes how First and Second Samuel should give us confidence in God's redemptive plan to bring about his promises to fulfillment in his timing and in his way. It's a window to walk by faith and not by sight. That's what seems to be a key theme here. And I just, oh, for me, the first part of the story where, you know, David comes back, he's not going to fight. And then his, you know, all, all of them are missing. Their families have been taken and, and you know, there's there probably animals and stuff as well, right? But it's just like devastating. And what was so amazing to me in terms of walking by faith and not by sight is that David in that moment, even in that moment, stopped and went to God to ask, God, do you want me to pursue and deliver and to rescue or not? So it's showing his deference and his posture as second in command to God as the architect of victory, even though they had his own wives. I find that to be really interesting. And we'll talk about the fact that he has more than one wife <laughs> at, at another session. But that alone was so interesting to me. And that what might look like weakness or defeat 
may in fact be micro actions of God towards his architecture of victory. So Samuel, the story also reminds us to remember and obey, wholeheartedly pursue God's heart to avoid the adversary mastering us as we saw happen to Saul, where Saul wanted a relationship with God on his terms for his reputation and not a relationship with God for God's purposes and his and all capitals, his reputation, God's reputation. I reflect on anointing too, right? So the God used oil and priests to anoint in the Old Testament. And then we learn in the New Testament how God anointed believers using and through the Holy Spirit. Being anointed is being set apart for God's purposes. It's to be blessed for the purpose of blessing, becoming a kingdom of priests, following Jesus. There's so many ways to describe a similar set of actions, to put God on display. His reputation, not ours, is the focus. Helping others navigate to Jesus Jesus for atonement, interceding for the rebellious, for the lost in prayer, and being prodigally generous to those in need. I also really noted, did you not notice? I love that when David, you know, there was like the soldiers that just were too tired to go and fight and they stayed with the supplies. And when they came back after their success at winning back their families and their stuff plus their enemy's stuff, what was so interesting is that David said, no, 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 they they are equal in share in this. And then he also blessed all of these other people in the process. And I just, there was just something truly, I feel like we're seeing this maturity and so many of David's choices, which is just meaningful to reflect on, and how God uses the Holy Spirit in us to counsel, to empower, to protect, and we are to use this gift for his purpose and his story. As as Jonathan said to David, you, God, or in his case, he was saying to David, you're king, and I'm second in command. I'm second. And so for us, it's just keeping God in that position of the architect of victory. He's the decision maker, and we're his representatives. And and we're anointed to take action and be part of this story. It's so very, very cool. And this ends the first part of the story in 1 Samuel. Next is 2 Samuel. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.